0: What do you do when your plate is just too full? And I'm not talking about being at the buffet. I'm talking about those times when it seems like life is just throwing too much at you. I'm Peggy Hames, and this is the Making Midlife Matter podcast. A podcast for women in midlife, helping you to untangle your past, create your future, and enjoy your life right now. So when I was a kid, I used to watch the Ed Sullivan show on Sunday nights, and there was a recurring act on the show of a guy who spun plates. He had these long, tall, skinny sticks, and he'd put dinner plates on top of them, and he'd give the plate a spin, and it would stay there, balanced on the stick. So he'd do that with one plate, then two plates, then three, then four, then like, he'd have a dozen plates going. And he just had to keep running frantically back and forth to the place to keep giving them spins, giving them another spin. As they started to slow down and you could see the stick start to wobble, he'd run over there and give it another spin. And then over on the other side the plate was slowing down and the stick was starting to wobble. He'd run over there and give it another spin. Well, for me, that's a great picture of how life is sometimes we feel like we are just spinning those plates and midlife in particular can feel like that. You may be in a position where you still have kids at home that you are responsible for but your parents are getting older or you don't have kids or your kids are launched in their own lives but your parents are getting older and your job is getting even more demanding and you've reached a place in your career where they expect so much of you or maybe they expect you to travel a lot or maybe you, your company has just gotten bought out by another company and you don't know what in the world they're going to expect of you. So you have these these all-consuming demands from that part of your life and then these demands for family members and it may be your parents it may be a spouse or a partner who is you know you're in that in sickness and in health part of vows you're in the in sickness part that they are either in declining health or, or they've experienced some sort of disability that has changed your lives completely but Part of your relationship now is helping care for them. Or it may be that you have a special needs child and as they've gotten older and older, the needs have gotten more and more complex and the solutions seem harder and harder to find. And on top of that, you may be caring for pets and homes and sometimes yards and all of the stuff of life and you can feel like you know there are days when you just want to walk outside and scream and say enough enough I just I can't do one more thing and you just feel exhausted all of the time you now I went through a period like that in my own life and it started out with me being hit by a car when I was biking. So I had my own temporary disability I had to work through. Um, I was non-weight bearing for five months, which affected my business, my counseling practice. And then went into caring for my own aging parents and cleaning out our house of 50 years that had a full basement that was full and while I was trying to take care of my own house and my own yard and my dog and two cats, one of whom was diabetic. So sometimes life just piles it on. I've got a picture of me with my two brothers that was taken right before my dad's funeral as we were, we were at, the house, at my niece's house waiting for the, the funeral car to get there. And we don't have many pictures of the three of us as adults because we live in like all different places in the country. And it's a great picture of them, but I hate that picture because I look haggard. I look so very tired. I mean, that was years ago. And if you took a picture of me now or looked at me now, that picture would actually look younger because I was so absolutely exhausted and worn out. So it, I'm going to take another podcast, a whole separate podcast, to talk about dealing with aging parents because I think it's a, a topic all unto itself. But today it's taking a more general view of just how do you survive when life has just put so much on your plate and you feel like you, you can't even breathe, there's so much to do. So the first thing to remember, and this is really important, is that if you have some big additional something come into your life, Like parents getting older or your spouse or your partner getting sick. You cannot continue everything that you were doing. Something has to give. Uh, It may be you have to take FMLA leave. Or maybe you, you, you can't do that for whatever reason. So you have to look at, okay, what else can I give up? I was was very active in my church, but it was about a forty minute drive away at that time. And in those years that I was caring for my dad, I, I did very little. You know, I I didn't teach Sunday school, although I love teaching Sunday school, but I, I didn't teach a Bible study class. I rarely sang in the choir. Lots of Sunday mornings I just didn't go. Not because I, I didn't need that community But because I was so absolutely exhausted and that was the only time I had in my life to take care of my dad's bills and and business and all of that. So all of that's to say is figure out what things give you life and as much as you can make room for them, find little spaces for them if you like to sing as I do maybe it's not you're not in choir practice every week but once a month you can get there if if you like uh, if you're renewed in nature then make a space to take a 15 minute walk and just let yourself be but give up those things Uh, first of all give up those things that you're doing because you feel like you should you know whether it's a civic group obligation or something at church or in your neighborhood you know you're you're president of your neighborhood association or you're on the board for the HOA those kinds of things you can you can jettison you know, and the, the, the old story about ships and storms, and one of the things they do is they lighten the load, and they throw overboard anything that's not essential. That's what you have to do right now. You cannot simply add this. Whatever this is, whatever additional big thing you've got, you cannot simply add it to what you're already doing unless you weren't already doing much but if you're working if you're taking care of a home you also have to take care of you so let go and some people may try to guilt you they you know if you're a volunteer boy we love codependent volunteers we love people who cannot say no so when you all of a sudden start saying no there may be some people who are unhappy with you. They may give you this lecture about how you're leaving them in a lurch, or you're you should live up to your responsibilities. You gotta just let that go. If if they have responsibility, if if say you're you're teaching a class, a uh, volunteer class, whether it's a knitting class or a, a Bible study class or whatever. And you go to the person in charge and say, I'm sorry, I I can't do this in this season of my life. It then becomes their responsibility, not yours. So let go of any of that guilt. And as we're talking about guilt, this is a great opportunity to remind you that you are not going to do it perfectly. You know, we, we guilt ourselves because we feel like, oh, man, I need to be with my parents 24-7 or I need to, to do every single thing with my kids that I was doing. You know, I need to, to show up at every soccer game. And you may not be able to do that. You may not be able to be Florence Nightingale And St. Teresa all rolled into one. You're going to have limits. And you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you rise to the occasion and you shine brilliantly. And you're going to have days where you don't. So every day it's about just doing the best you can and that best is going to look different from one day to the next and that's okay. Uh, Sometimes it's imperfect because we're not able to give this person everything we want to be able to give them. You know, we we want to be able to give our parents the. the final years in the, in the really high ticket retirement community where they have a concierge and they, you know, bring in massage therapists and, and the symphony gives concerts there, but you just can't do that because it's so freaking expensive and they don't have the resources or you don't have the resources. Or, you know, you you may find if you are caring for a spouse, that there are days you just want to get out of there. There are days when you love them, but you are so tired and resentful. And you just want a break, and you just need a break. You are not going to do it perfectly. Some things are going to fall through the cracks. Um... You're going to disappoint some people. You may even disappoint yourself. That's just how it is. And the more you can try to make peace with that, the better it is. Because sometimes life itself is hard enough. We don't need to add anything on to it. We don't need to make it harder. So if you're in this stretched thin place... Don't make it harder than it has to be. And, you know, sometimes the people we are caring for, whether a spouse or a partner or a kid or a parent or or someone else, sometimes they are not always saints. And it can be brutally hard when not only you are stretching yourself thin to care for them, but they're not being, like, real thankful or grateful or appreciative So let go of the idea that you have to do it perfectly or that there even is a way to do it perfectly. The biggest thing is you have to care for you. And I'm, I know I'm going to sound like Oprah with a stuffy nose here, but you really do have to care for you because if you don't, then you're going to break down, emotionally or physically or both, and then you're no good to anybody. Um, one of the years that I was caring for my dad, at Christmas time, when when all the rest of the family came into town, um, I got strep throat, And that was like no surprise to me. You know, I get this highly contagious illness which means I have to isolate myself and just lie in bed and do nothing while the rest of the family who is now here who now can look after my dad you know that was like yeah I understand I get it I understand why I'm sick now this is my break it's pretty sad strep throat has to be my break but that's it so, what does, what does taking care of yourself look like? I mean, we, we therapists, we, we throw that stuff around a lot. What does it look like? Well, it's going to look different for everybody. Because what, what renews our soul is different for everybody. But one of the things it looks like is finding a way to take advantage of those things, even for just a little bit, like taking a 15-minute walk, like running an errand and just letting yourself, oh, sit at the coffee shop for 20 minutes, just with a book or not, but just sitting there without any other obligation, Pay attention to the things that renew you. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint where you go all out for a short period of time. It's like a marathon that may include some sprints in it. I remember there was one night they called from my dad's retirement home and they were taking him to the hospital. So we went to the hospital and... He went to an emergency room and, and, you know, by the time he got admitted and got into his room and I could go home, it was like 3 a.m. And the bad part is that later that day, I was leading a retreat. Uh, It was a Friday afternoon. I was going to start leading a retreat for the rest of the weekend. And I remember being so exhausted I was like standing in the shower, just praying, like, God, you got to take this one, because I don't have the energy to do this. So this leads to the second point, which is, or the third point, whatever we're at, it's asking for help. Now, sometimes that looks like prayer. And you can be as honest as you need to be in prayer. You can shake your fist. You can complain about the unfairness of it all. You can whine to God about how you just don't want to do this one more day. And that's really not whining. That's just where you are. Or you can be like me in the shower saying, I can't do this. This is too much. I can't do this. you got to help me. you got to take some of it. And incidentally, that retreat went beautifully because it wasn't just me. I I had some help there. Sometimes asking for help means reaching out to friends. One of the things about caregiving is it can get so isolating. And so we have to reach out to friends and First of all for for breaks you know can meet me meet me at the coffee shop and you just kind of unburden this is where I am sometimes it's uh let's go play tennis I'm going to be awful because I haven't played in six months but I just need to hit something and better a tennis ball than anything else um it may be. I really need to get out and do this thing. Can you come stay with mom? Um, there was another time I, I got strep. I think that's where my stress was showing up. was uh, so when my mom was still living and, and she was in lots of pain and needed to go to the emergency room. And my dad needed somebody to be with him at home, and I had strep throat. I couldn't be around either one of them. And so I had to call a couple who were good friends of theirs and just say, help. And it was like eight or nine o'clock at night. I had to say, help, can you, Sarah, can you take my mom to the emergency room and Garland, can you stay with my dad? And they were good folks and they did just that. You can't, you can't really do this alone. You know, when you're running a marathon, there are these rest stations along the way where there are all these volunteers who will, will hand you uh, a cup of water or a cup of Gatorade or some kind of energy snack. You can't do it on your own. So reach out. And what's hard is sometimes you reach out and you don't get what you need because that person doesn't understand how desperate you feel or how brutally hard it is. So if you have someone in your circle of friends who has been through this, who has been through something similar, they're a great person to reach out to. Reach out to them and compare notes. You know, after my parents' deaths, I, uh, several years later, I had a, a good friend of mine who said, can, can we go to dinner? I just, I'm in that place with my mom and I just need to, to kind of talk to you about it. And as you go through this process, you learn things. You learn, okay, well this resource is there or you can do this or you can call this. Um, I recently had a friend who uh, had a, a biking accident that was, like, eerily similar to the accident I had. And, you know, she had posted on Facebook of, you know, wanting to borrow a wheelchair. And I immediately said, okay, if you're non-white bearing, your insurance is going to cover this. Talk to so-and-so. Here's where you get this, and you're going to need this. And this will be helpful to have. And you know, and and throughout her recovery, she would email me sometimes and say, okay, how did you deal with such and such? So this is where we need the community. Reach out to that community. Finally, there are days you just get through. And there may be only three things you get done that day. And the beds aren't going to get made and maybe the dishes are still in the sink and that's as good as you can do let yourself have that grace you do what you can do and then you let it be i have a tradition with some friends that um almost every year in between christmas and new years i have them over for dinner and, um, you know, by that time we're all everybody's or or lots of folks are tired of of eating lots of rich food, and so I just do like a a pot of chili and and some kind of soup, and I get some some really great bread and get dessert from somewhere and it's all about us just being together well, one year, I was in the midst of cleaning out my parents house our, our family home and I had taken my mother's dining room table and dining room furniture for my house but the people who were picking up my dining room furniture hadn't done it yet so I, I just called my friend and says look um yeah i want you to come over for dinner on such and such night. But don't come through the front door because my entry hall is full of furniture. And you're just going to have to get over that. And you know what? They didn't care. They did not care that I had a table and chairs piled up uh, one room away because that wasn't what it was about. It was about us being together. So lighten the load, reach out for help and support, and find those times when you can, can hold on to what's good for you. Reading a book, taking a walk, coffee with a friend, dinner with a friend. It's a marathon. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I'd love to, to hear your feedback. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at info at You can also find more resources at heartcallings.com. You can find my blog there, information about coaching and groups and all kinds of opportunities. And also feel free. If you're a woman in midlife and you have a topic you would really like to to hear a podcast about, feel free to let me know that and look forward to talking with you further. Take care.